Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch the Going Live show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like that was me. Well, sadly this past Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm gonna do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase. It. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which was another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. You gotta lean to the left and dip it to the right. Dip it, dip it down, dip it. Come Move on. it down real slow, then you lose your mind. Down slow, then you lose your mind. Come on. I love my life, this piece and wisdom. Yeah, I'm feeling it. They thought I thought out of the game, but I'm still in it. I heard it's a party, jump in the whip, them times I'm feeling it. See all these bad girls around me, that's
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our classic pay-per-view review. But before we get into that, I do have to introduce the man who is joining me for the classic pay-per-view reviews. You know him as the AEW correspondent, but today he ain't here to talk about AEW. here to talk about something better than AEW, wrestling from the past. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Data Ricky Ross. Okay, I'm here now. Stop the clap. 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 I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. Mr. Butch, really? I'm mad as a motherfucker. Join the club. No, 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 no. You know what pisses me off to no end besides bad wrestling? Uh, what's that? Wanna be country boys. Wanna be country boys. Oh, yeah. You know the ones. The ones that wear their hat to the side. Okay. You don't know out, drive the big lifted truck with the squat that makes it look like it's taking a shit. They're running around dating a mud cricket. Oh, God. You know, who's probably fucked everybody in their entire family. Got a vagina that looked like a goddamn wizard sleeve. <laughs> you know, yes. the kind of girl that when they say they fuck her, it ain't like a hot dog down the hallway. It's like throwing a number two pencil fucking outside. One of these motherfuckers in their big lifted diesels fucking cut me off at Wawa today. Okay. And he black smoked my shit. My little blue Honda. There is black smoke still in my little blue Honda. Okay. Piss Betty Joe off. I can imagine. So I let Betty Joe go get her nails and shit done. I told her, I said, hey, I'm going to handle some paperwork in the car while you do that. Well, Mr. Bujarelli, you know I'm petty. Yes. They pulled up into the Wawa. I wrote a note and put it in his windshield up. Okay. And I know what you're thinking. Gator, you cussed him out by a note. No, I didn't. Him and his little mud cricket girlfriend come out. By the way, a mud cricket, side note, is a trailer park trash girl who will fuck any dude. I know what a mud cricket is. I know. I just don't want any of the liberals getting pissed. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, this is a, these are white people who are wannabe country boys. They lean to the left and dip it to the right. That's how wannabe. Yes, they're all white trash. But anyway, he come out there and he's trying to read this note and she's looking over his shoulder. The note said, and I quote, I'm pregnant. Please call me. What? Well, she's seen it. I didn't put my number or nothing. I just put, I'm pregnant. Please call me. Didn't put a name or nothing? Hell no. Not even a female name? Nope. Okay. Immediately, this little mud cricket, she ripped this dude a new asshole so good in the parking lot at the Wawa. I have never been so proud of myself. Heck, Joe's mad as a motherfucker because I was so proud. I told her and she didn't like it. But I'm proud, okay? That'll make him think twice about doing that again. Yeah, make him think twice about black smoking a fucking Honda. Yeah. Did I say that like Zach Russian read it? Yes. I wasn't going to expose it, but I knew exactly what you were saying. As soon as you said, I'm petty, I knew exactly where you were going with it. Let me just tell y'all something. I didn't have time to write my own material. <laughs> no, he didn't. Mr. Budrelli told me 6 o'clock, and then it turned into 7, and now it's 8. 
So well, well, no, we originally we originally agreed on seven, then it became eight, and then I was pissed because I was dealing with I had some issues earlier that got me all angry. Yeah, yes, Mama Cornette. Anyway, yes, mom, mom, yeah, Mama Cornette decided to. Uh, uh, we were having a conversation that was very, very calm, and then Mama Cornette got a little squirrely, and it caused uh, Bucciarelli to uh, raise his blood pressure, which he's trying not to do. Dude, let me tell you something. I'm so proud of Mr. Bucciarelli. He is kind of turning to skinny Vinny. Yes, I'm trying to be skinny like Vinny. And yes, we did say yeah, that like boo him, don't boo him. Yes. And we said that like he read it. Of course, that was back when I was overweight. He he actually came up with an idea for a gimmick he wanted to give me where he thought that I should get like this spray stuff and try to say, like, hey, if you spray this on you, you can lose weight. And I would just spray it and like rub it all over myself and the crowd would boo. You remember Simon Dean? Yes, I remember Simon Dean. I think that's your new gimmick. I think that's what you should do. You should have the, the Bucci bow flex or something. Oh, if I'm gonna do something like that, I already have an idea in mind. This is back when I Remember when I was working with the School of Humans? Uh, these were the guys who I did Daytime Fighting League with, and they were also the uh, the film crew that worked on my documentary. Is it MaxiPad? Uh, no, MaxiPad wasn't part of this. He worked for Adult Swim, but not for the film oh, company. He worked yes, for Adult Swim. Yeah, he worked for Adult Swim. He's an Adult Swim employee. This The film crew was the people who filmed everything and then sold it to Adult Swim. They had an idea. They were going to try to do something for like Adult Swim where they wanted me to have, and this is back when I was still fat. Right? Well, technically I'm still fat, but I'm a lot thinner now. Now than I've been before. Um, but it was one of those things where they were going to do some kind of like fitness thing for the Adult Swim chat room. And it would be funny because I'd be doing like, basically it would be a combination of like an aerobics workout thing or, and a combination of, and they didn't realize this, but this was kind of some of that we're talking about was the Scott Steiner freak show. You ever seen the freak show weight thing that he does? Mm-hmm. It was just funny as hell. Like it's literally Scott Steiner just lifting random heavy shit. He's not teaching you anything. Like he'll lift a giant log and like do curls with it. It'll be like, you got to block out the pain make your body grow that's how you get a peak on top of a peak you have no idea what the fuck he's talking about and he'll be doing like squats with a hot chick on his shoulders and just doing squats going it's a freak show so I was gonna do crazy shit like that, and I was gonna do like ran- like lift random shit, do these crazy workouts, and it'd be funny because the gr- the people behind me would be thinning in shape, and I'm fat and I can't keep up with them. So it'd be something comedic, and we were trying to come up with a name for it, and I came up with the perfect name that I have. And if mm-hmm. I ever do a workout mm-hmm. thing, that's what I would call it. Here's what it is: Bodies by Booch. Oh my God! Bodies by Booch. So that's what I would do because it's a playoff of the Body by Jake from the '90s, but also it's a playoff of if you ever seen the movie This Is Forty. There's a guy who does workouts and it does Bodies by Jason. So I kind of got it by that. So I went Bodies by Booch, and I would do a workout thing based on that. And that was an idea that we came up with. And at some point, I may or may not implement that at some point. Uh, I, and if I could ever work together with school, I think, humans, you, should, again, I I think you should completely do the Simon System gimmick. Yeah, Bodies by Booch. That should be the okay. quest. You got a tracksuit. I can find one. You need a tracksuit. Yeah. Here's another thing. Okay. Can you do Richard Simmons' voice? Not right now, but if I watch enough of his videos, I can do it. I could probably Richard do it. Richard Simmons says, lose some weight, lose some weight, lose some weight. You're feeling good. You're feeling mighty. It's all about positivity. Oh, yeah. my God. I can, I can now see you and Marcus Bagwell doing that shit. God bless. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wants to do a Mr. Bagwell video and I come in with all this crazy positive shit and it finally he just goes, get the fuck out. By the way, I learned something about Simon Dean. Do you know what his real name is? Like his shoot name? No. Are you ready for it? No. Mike Bucci. And he's not related to me. Is he really? That's his shoot name, Mike Bucci. Is his shoot name fucking Mike Bucci for real? Yeah, Mike uh... Bucci. That's his Christian name. Okay, so anyway, back to the story. So, me and Mama Cornette got into it. Basically, I was telling her, as I mentioned before, I had the show that got postponed and basically told her, yeah, so it'll be back on whatever. So I told her about the situation and the comics and the rules and everything. I don't know how we got to this point, but the next thing we know, she was talking about, like, I said, yeah, I mean, I even talked about it in the chat room and I've had some people give me shit about it, but I don't worry, I put the motherfuckers in their place. And she said, Vinny, you can't cuss at people at the bar. That's not appropriate. And I said, I said, Mom, I'm talking about the comics, the comedians. She goes, oh, she goes, yeah, I can motherfuck them all day long. I said, I'm not going to cuss somebody out at a bar unless it gets to that point. Like, obviously, I can be calm and diplomatic and professional to a certain degree. But once it's past the point of, you know, no return, it's like, okay, now we got to go outside and have a conversation in the parking lot. She's telling me you can't do that. And she's telling me to be calm and diplomatic and professional and all that. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But then Mama Cornette said two words that caused me to vibrate. And... (laughs) And... Unlike Marky Mark, these were not good vibrations. You know what's hilarious? What? Cornette's in this pay-per-view. <laughs> I know. 
(laughs) And the word she said was, be politically correct. And I lost my fucking shit. Because I am a lot of things. One thing I will never be in this world is politically correct. Just, I'm not. I don't do political correctness. I can be calm. I can be professional. I can be diplomatic. Political correctness? Fuck that. That's never gonna fucking happen on this plan or any other, okay? I am at a point in my life now where I'm done eating shit and liking the taste of it, which I've done pretty much my whole life. I did it for 13 years in retail. It's part of the reason why eating fast food and soda and being addicted to that shit to begin with, that's how I dealt with the situation. Vinny's now dieting. There is no situation where Vinny can just let somebody just walk all over me anymore. I'm done with that. And I started snapping and I, and we're going back and forth and I said a bunch of shit and I, and, I, and I was doing very good in the argument until the very end. I took it to a level it should not have gone to. Nothing violent, just I basically yelled at my mom and said, you can't expect people just roll over and take it every time. You can't have people just letting someone walk all over them, yell in their face and remain quiet day after day. That's how active shooters are made. And that's where the conversation went downhill because she couldn't believe I said said that. She said, wait a minute, you're telling me somebody, if somebody says fuck you to you, you can become an active shooter? I'm like, if it happens enough times. I literally said, when I was in retail, every day I didn't snap and kill them all was a victory. Because it is that mentally frustrating. People don't understand how that can fuck with your mental health. It's one thing to let shit go. When you're constantly getting shitted on by people, after a certain point, you're gonna fucking say something. Because if you let people walk all over you too much, it messes with you mentally. And that's what I was trying to say. And then finally I just walked away because I knew I was gonna say some worse shit. We're here for classic wrestling. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this week, we, as I mentioned before, we are doing our special classic pay-per-view review. Now, for those of you new to the show, here's how this works. Gator and I look at some classic pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, and ECW. And we do them from the perspective of not just two people who are fans of wrestling, but also from the perspective of two people who work in the business. Gator is, of course, a wrestler, a manager, a commentator. He's popped the popcorn. He runs a wrestling school. He's pretty much got the industry covered. I, of course, am a wrestler wrestler, a manager, a commentator. I do managing in and out of the ring. I've done street team shit that I pray to God I never have to do again. I yes. also pop the popcorn. I pretty much got the industry covered as well. So this week we're doing something special. We're going into King of the Ring 1994. Now some of you might be thinking, well, Booch, why would you be doing King of the Ring 94 around WrestleMania time? Well, the answer is simple. Last week here on the Boochcast, we did WrestleMania 10. Well, the King of the Ring is the pay-per-view that follows WrestleMania Mania 10. So, after WrestleMania 10 was King of the Ring 94, I saw King of the Ring 94 on the list of episodes that Gator has already seen, so I said, alright, let's jump in and do this one. So, that's why we're doing... If y'all think this is crazy, y'all wait till next week. Well, yeah, next week we're gonna be getting into Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania 39 and all that. Yes, and children, WCW 2000. Yes, that's gonna happen at a much later date. We're gonna be hitting up the WCW 2000s, because apparently there's some kids at a Gator's school who want us to do more WCW from the 2000s. So Gator's going to start watching some, sending them to me, and then we'll get together and decide which ones we want to do. So anyway, so we're doing King of the Ring 1994, which is the second annual King of the Ring pay-per-view. It took place on June 19th, 1994 at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. There were 12,000 fans in attendance, 185,000 buy rate, and the tagline was the perfect Father's Day card. Uh-huh. And of course, we have for on commentary, we have Gorilla Monsoon, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Art Donovan. And then at the Spanish table, we have Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich. Yes. We then have Todd Pentengill and Ray Raju doing the interviews. We have Bill Dunn as the ring announcer. And the referees are Mike Kyoto, Danny Davis, Earl Hebner, and Joey Morella. And that's Morella with an M. And so we're going to kick things off, ladies and gentlemen, with our first official match of the evening. This is a quarterfinal match in the King of the Ring tournament. Razor Ramon goes one-on-one against Bam Bam Bigelow with Luna Vachon. Okay, children. Razor defeated basically Savio Vega. And Bam Bam defeated Sparky Plug, who was Hardcore Holly. And if those two names don't tell you how bad things were on the undercard, nothing will. (laughs) Keep in mind that Savio's name was Quang at the time Quang. and, and uh, Hardcore Holly was Thurman Plug. That's how bad it was. Yes, he was a race car driver. Vroom, yes. vroom. Ah, if you ever want an example of booking autopilot, guess what dark match was for this pay-per-view? Those two with Harvey Whippleman. Yes. 
actually. Razor gets distracted by Luna. Bam Bam blindsides him. Flying headbutt misses. Razor slides out. Crotches Bam Bam on the post. He bulldogs Bam Bam. Bam Bam shrugs off his clothesline. Tosses him to the floor. Back in. Bigelow hits. And Insiguri goes with a torture rack. What the fuck? Razor fades but slips out. Back drops him. Bammer heads up to the top for the moonsault. Razor catches him with the schoolboy bomb for the win in 8 minutes and 25 seconds about what you expected for an opening round match. Yes, and what I love about the King of the Ring, before we even get any further, is that this is during the time where all the King of the Ring matches are on the card. The quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the final, which is how the pay-per-view should be. And I will say, the one thing I noticed in this match, in addition to everything that Gator said, was at one point, um, Razor, um, you know, goes for a clothesline, Bam is still standing, he bounces off the ropes, he's another one, and Bam staggers against the ropes. He goes for a third one, but Bam uses them in to throw him out of the ring. Bam goes out to the floor, slams him into the ring post, and throws Razor back in. Uh, Luna was distracting the ref the whole time, and I have no idea why. This did not seem a scenario where a distraction was needed. I thought that was stupid and unnecessary on Luna's part. Yes, and we must also say something. Our Donovan is the world's worst commentator. At this time or period? Period. Okay, you do have to understand there is a masked man that does commentary as well. Are you sure he's worse oh than Oh my me? god, Mr. Bugirelli, I'd rather have the Masked man on loop for 10 hours over Art Donovan. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. We're going to get to more Art Donovan in a moment. But our next match. Our next match of the evening is a quarterfinal match as well. We have Mabel with Oscar versus IRS. IRS defeated Scott Steiner to get here. Mabel defeated the Quebecer Pierre. This is a Donovan gym during this match. Who is this guy? Talking about IRS. Is he one of the wrestlers? He looks like a businessman. I would wouldn't bother play by play on this one other than to say IRS goes for a body slam. He's a tax collector, not a brain surgeon. Mabel reverses to a small package. The match is unintentionally hilarious because IRS can't physically kick out. The ref has to pretend he's getting his shoulder up half the time. Mabel goes to the second rope. IRS shakes the rope, knocks him off. IRS covers and grabs a handful of rope to pick up the upset victory in five minutes and 40 seconds. That's about 5 minutes and 40 seconds too long. Technically it was 5 minutes and 34 seconds, but yeah. I got 40 seconds. I'm looking at the official times right here. Um, okay, we'll go for it. Yes. So, of course, in this match, like I said, it was another basic match. Mabel hitting suplex, doing the dance, the crowd chants, whoop, there it is. So Mabel definitely has the crowd on his side. A little louder, a little bit louder. Yeah, he's definitely very much over. Um, And then at one point, Mabel dances, bounces off the ropes, hits a clothesline. Mabel shoots him off and hits an uppercut. At one point, Mabel shoots him off, hits a slam for a two count. And I'm going, okay, what the fuck happened here? Uh, But then, of course, other than that, it was basically, as Gator said, another basic match. But I know that they have a whole king of the ring here, so they're trying not to go too crazy with it. They're trying to basically say, okay, here's as much as we need to get through the rest of the card. Obviously, we have a match coming up that's going to be the longest, so they're trying to get through the quarterfinals as fast as possible, but still trying to make them look good. Because wrestling. Yes. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next quarterfinal match of the evening. We have Owen Hart, one-on-one against Tatanka. Buffalo. Thank you. Owen defeated Doink. Tatanka. Buffalo. Went over Crush. Tatanka. Buffalo. Actually blindsides Owen, which is a rare case of a baby face showing a brain. They fight to the floor. Owen shoves Tatanka Buffalo. into the rope. We get picture in picture of Razor and IRS getting into a backstage fight. Back in the ring, Owen gut wrenches him over and hits a missile drop kick for two. Tatanka Buffalo builds up with the power of turquoise. <laughs> He hulks up with the power of turquoise. <laughs> a Tatanka Buffalo TDT gets a two count. Flying Chop gets two more. Uh, power Slam for two. Tatanka Buffalo stops to argue with the referee, which is odd because that would be his gimmick during the 2006 comeback. He avoids an Owen sneak attack, but Owen blocks his sunset flip, grabs him by the legs for the win. This was very bad. Yes. And of course, in this match, um, when Tatanka Buffalo does his uh, turquoise hooking up, it's actually referred to as the war dance. And I learned that while doing commentary on a wrestling show where Tatanka Buffalo 
was working a match, and in that match, he did that move, and my broadcast partner at the time, Mad Dog Dan Sawyer, referred to it as the war dance. That's how I learned that's what they call it, the war dance. So yeah. that was very much his gimmick. Can I throw out an Art Donovan treasure here at this sure, particular go moment? Go ahead. This is Art Donovan. Randy, how much does this guy weigh? Talking about Tatanka. Buffalo. Randy, question mark. Randy, 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 Randy. Hey, Randy, 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 Randy. How much does this guy weigh? Randy Savage. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say uh, 260 to 280 pounds later while Tatanka's Buffalo is in a chin lock. Donovan. Is Tatanka Buffalo getting any oxygen, Gorilla? Gorilla Monsoon. Sorry, I couldn't hear you, Art. Randy Savage. That's okay. Let's just be honest. Art Donovan is fucking terrible. <laughs> he will take you out of this entire show. But here's the problem. Here's a question I have. Why didn't Randy answer the question the first time he asked it? Because they're trying to do this situation. This was an experiment. The Donovan experiment, as it was later called. Okay. And uh, it just, it didn't go well. But I understand that, but I'm just saying, if he's asking one of the broadcast guys how much does he weigh, why doesn't Randy just answer the question is, my, is what I'm Because it doesn't matter how much Tatanka buffalo weighs. He weighs about the same amount as a fully grown buffalo. Didn't the announcer mention Tatanka buffalo's weight at all? Because I think that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, uh, yes, probably. If the ring announcer didn't say it, and that's why Art doesn't know, then I blame the ring announcer. If the ring announcer already said it, and Art's just doing that to make conversation, then I agree he's a fucking idiot. So, I will say, um, Owen Hart and Tatanka had a decent match and did the best they could. So they did. The match overall was 8 minutes and 18 seconds. And of our lives, we can't get back. Yes. You know what's funny to me, though? What? You did the Buffalo call. I did. did. I got Native American blood in my veins, and I'll fight. And on that note, we move on to the next quarterfinal match. Why didn't I do that? You were too busy being mad at Art Donovan. So now we're going to move on to the last quarterfinal match of the evening. We have Double J, Jeff Jarrett versus the 1-2-3 Kid. Okay. The kid beat Adam Bomb to get into this, and uh, Jeff beat Luger. Okay, this was probably one of the better opening round matches. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. This was a good match. This one, we did not hate our lives on. <laughs> no, we did not. There was no life hating. Jared goes over. Jericho came in with virtually no heat, but he left as one of the biggest heels of the night. Absolutely. So, there you go, children. And uh, I will say, in this match, I did like the fact that uh, Jared went for the figure four, but the kid reversed a small package for the win, which I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that with a figure four. Has that ever happened to Flair where somebody reversed it into a small package? I do not think so. Yeah, so I've never seen it happen to Flair, but it should have. But anyway, that was a great finish. One, two, three, kid is a kicking machine. I, I've learned that about he, him. His kicks rival that of Brian Danielson. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, 100%. And then, of course, um, at one point in the match, uh, Jeff puts Kid on the middle rope, bounces off the rope, goes to slamming but misses. Kid goes up top, but Jarrett hits a right hand. That spot made no fucking sense to me. Did it make sense to anybody else? I thought it was stupid. And then when the match was over, Jarrett snaps, hits him with a pile driver, then hits a flying fist. So he literally just left. Levels one, two, three, kid. After that loss, knowing that he is pretty much out of this. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the WWE title. We have Bret Hart with Jim Neidhart defending the title against Diesel with HBK. You know what's hilarious to me, Mister Budrelli? What's that? There's never been a right time to say goodbye. Fuck my life. <laughs> Yes, there's never been a right time to say goodbye. And by say goodbye, I mean he said to say goodbye to Jim Neidhart, who was his secret weapon to neutralize Shawn Michaels. Talking about Brett. A uh, pretty big markout moment for me here uh, as the reaction, you know, with, with that whole situation. Um, Diesel's the IC champ at this point, but he's looking to trade up and become the world heavyweight champion. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth here. Neidhart fucks Brett. Diesel signals for the jackknife. Nightheart hops in, levels him with a clothesline for a DQ. 22 minutes and 52 seconds, saving Brett from the room, leaving Brett at the mercy of Sean and Diesel, who delivered the beating of a lifetime to the hitman. Great storytelling throughout. Uh, the match itself is probably in the three and a half star range, but the overall storytelling and the buildup just makes it way better than what it is. Yes. Brett actually wound up 
splitting his own throat because he showed that Diesel was entirely carryable by someone who knew what they were doing. And of course, that's all Vince was waiting for. Diesel could be champ by the end of the year. Brett was sent back down to the mid-card. Where he belongs. And anyway, um, but before I could do that, I will say I did enjoy this match. <laughs> it was very well done. Um, uh, oh, no. You know, Brett, as most people know at this point in his life, is a very bitter old man and doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about Kevin Nash. But I will say him and Nash, or as he's now called here, Diesel, they worked well together in the ring. I really don't know why Brett keeps bitching about him. It's like, dude, y'all worked great matches together. Seriously. Um, he never had to worry about Diesel hurting him. He never had to worry about, you know, any problems, you know, these guys do very well. Although at one point in the match, Diesel grabs the ropes and Brett is forced to break it after Brett locked in the figure four. He then kicks his leg out from under his leg. Brett then elbows the leg. Brett twists the leg and Diesel kicks him off. Brett trips him and drives him to the ring post and slams his leg against it. HBK clotheslines him and then Jim chases after HBK. HBK slides out of the ring and kicks Brett. The ref was distracted the whole time, first while checking on Diesel and then while trying to get Jim out of the ring. So the ref once again is distracted because that's pretty much a theme of this overall show. Every other match, the ref is getting distracted over fucking something. But overall, like I said, great, amazing match. Very entertained by it. Uh, and then, of course, in the end, Jim goes to the back. HBK and Diesel beat down on Brett when it's all over. And like I said, these guys worked a very good match. And it was 22 minutes and 51 seconds. And on that note, the next match of the evening, we now proceed with the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament. We're in the next round. We have Razor Ramon goes one-on-one against IRS. Yeah, these guys have been feuding on and off as a secondary feud uh, between Razor and Michaels during that situation, which led up to the latter match at WrestleMania. Uh, this is a near total squash. IRS gets in a few shots, but misses a charge and goes tumbling hard over the rope. Razor beats him for a few minutes and finishes him with the Razor's Edge. In five minutes of our lives, we cannot get back. Yes. Now, obviously, Razor in this match wanted revenge because his gold got repossessed. Basically, this is another uh, basic match, but both guys know how to work very well. Aside from the fact that at one point, IRS hits a backbreaker and botches it, and then he bounces off the ropes and Razor ducks and he flies out of the ring onto the floor. Did anybody else notice the backbreaking botch by IRS? No. Yeah, well, he botched that completely. And IRS, of course, one of his cool things that he does is he likes to adjust his tie whenever he's trying to get, like, heat from the crowd or try to take a moment to, you know, buy some time after hitting a big move. And then, of course, uh, Razor hits a series of kicks, nails the Razor's Edge, one, two, three, Razor Ramon wins and advances to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. And it was five minutes and 13 seconds. Of our lives, we can't get back. Absolutely. And on that note, we can move on here to the next match of the evening, our last semifinal match of the King of the Ring tournament. We have the one, two, three kid goes one-on-one against Owen Hart. Okay, the work in this match outclassed everything else on the show, including the title match. So, of course, these guys wouldn't meet again in a significant match until 1998. As good as you can get in three and a half minutes. Yes, it was three minutes and 37 seconds. These guys basically worked like cruiserweights, practically, in this match. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of chain wrestling here, a lot of high spots, but everything was controlled and timed perfectly. So nobody did anything that looked um, not real, let's say. Basically, it was something that wasn't the opposite of real. And overall, once again, one, two, three kids showing that he is a phenomenal worker. And when I see these earlier matches like this, it reminds me like... Like, okay, X-Pac definitely deserves the Hall of Fame. Does he have to go in by himself? Fuck no. But the fact that he's gone in with DX and the NWO, he definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame in that capacity. But this dude definitely knew how to work and definitely um is a good, you know, mid-card guy. He's not really a main eventer, but he can definitely work enough to where, you know, you can book him for a show and know you're going to get a good match out of it. Obviously, Owen, heavily underrated during this time. Um, Both men had an amazing match. In the end, uh, Kid goes for Frankensteiner. Owen hits a powerbomb, locks in the sharpshooter. Kid taps out. Owen Hart gets the win. Advantage to the finals. Uh, so as Gator mentioned before, this was a great amazing match. Yes. Also, this is the part of the show where Art Donovan said the line of the night. Ooh. I had to catch the ferry to Shelbyville, so I tied an onion to my belt. I'm sorry, what? 
That's what he said. At what point in the match did he say that? The end. Okay. <laughs> and that makes sense to who? Ah, uh, nobody. What the fuck? Oh my god. By the way, if your commentary is so bad that you're worse than the man in the mask, that's a problem, by the way. If you're worse than the masked racist, you should not be allowed near a commentary table ever in your life. Even he doesn't say random stupid shit like that. He says planned stupid shit. This guy's just shooting off dumb at the hip. And on that note, we are going to move on to the next match of the evening for the WWE Tag Team Titles. We have the Head Shrinkers with Afa and Lou Albano versus Crush and Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. Okay, this is all I have to say here. The Head Shrinkers looked okay. The match was horribly sloppy, and it looked like they botched the finish. Yeah, I mean, Fatu did hit a super kick for the win. I mean, I thought it was decent to a degree. Um, I, apparently, there was some sloppiness. Um, apparently, Gator caught more of the sloppiness than I did. Of course, after the match is over, Crush goes out and attacks Lex because Lex Luger uh, came out for some reason. I can't remember why. And then Mr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, he attacks Lex as he punches him and slams him in the ring sets. Lex fights back with help from the head shrinkers. Crush runs back in. Lex clubs him as the head shrinkers help out. And Yoko pulls him out of the ring. So, I will say that was an awkward part. I don't know why Lex was out here. And on that note, we're going to move on now to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. To officially crown the 1994 King of the Ring, we have Razor Ramon going one-on-one against Owen Hart. Um, Interesting note, Owen has not cheated to any degree thus far. He doesn't even cheat that much here early on. Instead, he relies on being a prick to get his heel heat. It works too. Art cleverly changes his pick from <laughs> Razor to Owen near the opening. Uh, okay, we have Gorilla, Savage, Todd Pettengill, and Johnny Polo all predicting winners, and Art fucking Donovan picks it right. <laughs> I see. Owen gets a rope-assisted abdominable stretch. Ah, there's the cheating. Uh, Razor blocks a hip toss. Close to the finish of the opener situation. Razor signals for the Razor's edge. Too close to the edge. The Owen backdrops him. Jim the Anvil Nightheart runs down. Clotheslines Razor to shock and horror of the fans. Owen drops an elbow. Picks up the win. The new Heart Foundation puts the boots to Razor, and they give him the heart attack. This was brilliant. This was absolutely brilliant. This is what we call a completely logical swerve, Vince Russo. <laughs> Fuck you, shit stain. But bro, they didn't have a lot of excitement in there, bro. Like, it was just a regular, you know, swerve. There was no actors. There was no pregnant girls out there. You gotta have excitement. It's like a soap opera, bro. I cannot stress how much that hurts my head. Anyway, <laughs> Owen's coronation he hypes up the King of Hearts gimmick to the fucking hilt. He's a jerk during his coronation. It's worth the tape on its own. Unfortunately, however, this does not end the show. I know. Uh, but, of course, uh, I enjoyed this uh, match immensely. I felt like both these guys really brought the fight to each other. And, again, these guys are living proof that less is more. And that you can have a good match without doing a lot of crazy stuff. And no, Cody, it does not make them lazy. So, no, and that's based on something that, uh, even though I am a Cody Rhodes fan, I want him to win the title at WrestleMania. He did say something on Impulsive that I thought was a little eh, iffy. It was, uh, basically he was on there and he was talking about, like, how wrestling can succeed with, like, variety and stuff. And he said he was trying to give Logan Paul advice because Cody's actually been mentoring Logan Paul a lot. Yeah. And he said that, he said, one thing you're going to find in this business is that there's a lot of legends and old timers in the business that are critical of fucking everything. He said, and they have a right to be. They They've made their money in this business. They've done a hell of a great job, and I have nothing but respect for what they've done. But they think that rest and wrestling is only one way to do things. And he said, look, if the crowd is loud, you're doing great. And he said, there's a lot of guys out there that'll say, you know, I'm old school, I'm meat and potatoes. He said, well, 99% of the time, that means they're just lazy. Take that however you want. Um, but I'm just saying, this does not make them lazy because this match was a meat and potatoes match and I thought it was very good. Um, so by Gator Sounds, he's deciding whether or not to dog cuss the American Nightmare. Uh, so at I'm one point, saying nothing. Yeah, so Razor goes for the 
Razor's Edge, but Owen back body drops him over the top rope. Jim comes out to check on Razor and then clotheslines him and slams him into the ring steps and throws him back in. The ref was distracted by Owen the whole time. Again, more referee distractions. It's like, if you can't figure out by now that Owen's going to have backup, I don't think you should be refereeing because how many times can a person cheat in one day before a ref finally realizes, hmm, maybe I should have my head on a fucking swivel. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I can understand if it's like one match on a pay-per-view. Once in a while, you make a mistake. Okay, nobody's perfect. But if you got one motherfucker that's practically cheating every match he's in, and he's got three matches in a night, at some point, the refs just look stupid. And I get that a heel is supposed to cheat. I'm not stupid to that. I understand it completely. It's a heel. You get your heat. But I'm just saying, if you're cheating too many times in one night when you have multiple matches, you're pretty much burying the referee. Am I wrong in thinking that? Does that make the referee look stupid that they can't figure that out? Pretty much. Okay, and then after that, Owen goes up top, hits a flying elbow for the win. I'm surprised Randy Savage didn't have anything to say about that. I'm just saying, if I'm Randy Savage and someone wins a match with my finisher, I'm at least going to say, See, he had to use the finish of the macho man to be crowned the king of the ring. It's like, Owen Hart, you stole my move, brother. I didn't give you permission to drop the elbow for your one Two, three, guaranteed victory. None of that. Like, say something, dude. The man just did your finisher in front of you. And you say nothing? So, he now calls himself the King of Hearts. I love it. This is when Owen is starting to get the push of a lifetime. And This is when Owen is becoming Owen. Yes. He's becoming the Owen Hart that we all know and love and respect and felt deserved better. He was the most talented member of the Hart family, bar none. And this was six minutes and 35 seconds. Well done. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. Someone's got to explain to me how the hell this is the main event of the King of the Ring pay-per-view. Why is this the main event and not the King of the Ring? Like, okay, let's say fuck you to the whole ceremony because we have in the main event, we got Rowdy Roddy Piper goes one-on-one against Jerry the King Lawler. Okay, children, this is WWF's new generation. Rowdy's coming out of retirement for a one-time only deal. Uh, Piper brings with him the kid that emulated him on Monday Night Raw who is now a babyface because he was used by Lawler. Piper blitzes Lawler early, lets the kid poke the king in the eyes. Lawler exercises every bit of old-school Memphis comedy technique that he can, but this is Baltimore in 1994, not Hillsborough in 1974. Okay. Lawler takes over, and the crowd interest drops off. Piper kicks out of the pile driver, slumps his way back. Piper hits a pair of bulldogs. Lawler shoves him into the referee. He nails Piper with the foreign object. As the ref recovers, Lawler puts his feet on the rope. One, two, true. The kid pushes Lawler, allowing Piper to schoolboy Lawler for the win. It might have been a home a decade ago, earlier in Memphis, but in 1994, it was just sad. Yes, and... Uh, obviously, this main event was meh. Could have been better. Uh, still didn't feel it like was it was terrible. Yeah, it didn't deserve to be the main event. You can tell Piper was, he has great psychology, but you can tell physically he was a step off. But again, Piper's one of those people, because he has great psychology, he is able to work around whatever limitations he has. So Correct. he's still able to put on a good match regardless. But you can tell physically it's not the same Piper that we know from the previous decade. Piper's missing a step. But overall, it was a good match. The only thing that I noticed that drove me crazy, and again, I got to put the commentators on blast, all three of them. Uh, Jerry Lawler shoots Piper off, locks in a sleeper hold at one point in the match. So let's follow this. Jerry Lawler has a sleeper hold on Roddy Piper. For those of you playing the home game, the sleeper hold is Rowdy Roddy Piper's finisher. Nobody at the broadcast table felt the need to mention that. This is a, a man is being put to sleep with his own finishing move. All I know is if I'm at the broadcast table, that's a moment where I kind of want to perk the fuck up a little bit. Holy shit! But no, you can't say holy shit, but be like, you know, oh my god, oh my god, Lawler's got the sleeper! Lawler's got the sleeper! That's Piper's move! He might take out the hot rod with his own finisher, yeah! Like, something! Get excited! Jeez, it's like when The Rock would hit a stunner on Austin, or Austin hit the rock bottom you fucking you pop up why because you're using somebody else's finisher nobody thought to say a word everybody just kept sitting on their hands like oh the, there's a sleeper hole right here and uh let's see if piper can fight his way out of this yo gorilla show a little enthusiasm will you fuck's sake even the guy, even I, the guy have, the even, I have nothing even the guy at the table who can't think at least said something right mm -hmm. like jesus christ 
All that buffness for no reason. That is the dumbest shit. Oh, I'm watching it for the first time. I'm like, holy shit, he left in the sleeper. Like, the fucking say something. Were you that bored from everything that happened before that? I mean, just the fans are allowed to be bored. The commentators are not. Your job is to make whatever matches in there look good, even if it's blatantly obvious it's the shitty. Like, nobody cares about this match. Well, that's your job is to make them care. Uh, trust me, I've done it with shitty matches. Gator has done it with shitty matches. I'm sure JR did it with shitty matches. Tony Schiavone's done it with shitty matches, especially since he got back in the business. Fuck's sake! The commentator doesn't give a shit about the match. It's kind of hard for me sitting at home. Thank God there were no iPhones back then. Wrestling! Then Piper throws Lawler out of the ring. He hoists the impersonator onto his shoulders, and he's celebrating as they play the bagpipes. So that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this review of The King of the Ring 1994. Uh, Gator, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me, and I'll... Uh... Yes, children. Yes, children. We must go. Yes. But it is okay, because there's never been a right time to say goodbye. And I'm speaking from the heart when I say I appreciate you guys tuning in, and um, of course, <laughs> we're obviously going to be back with some AEW talk, so we're not going away forever, but... We'll be back. Now... There's still some 2000s wrestling. Yes. So going forward, um, with the exception of the 4th of July, um, we're going to be doing some classic pay-per-views from WCW 2000. Uh, yes, Gator because will... Mr. Bugirelli and my children love to torture me. Yes. <laughs> I'm so scared. Yes. There's even some that I still have to watch because um, that are on the list. But you will find the bright side of this. I, however. Well, Gator, that's what makes this great is I can find the silver lining somewhere. Unless it's really, really horrible. And and I can't because I done fucked the shit out of that bitch. God. Yes. And also, we did learn something from this show, though, that's very important. And um, if the children are listening. The children, yes. If any of you are brought in to do guest commentary or if it's some point in your careers after you're done with the physical stuff if you decide to go into commentary when you can't wrestle anymore don't be our donovan because apparently if you have no familiarity with professional wrestling you should not be on commentary so ladies and gentlemen uh make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. we are on anchor spotify google podcast and iHeartRadio. radio pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites also like us on facebook go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be on the lookout for the uh, male soap opera moment episode uh, coming up uh, within the next week. We'll be doing uh, our predictions for WrestleMania 39 coming up. And of course, also make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. By now, we should be getting close to the end of Dark Side of the 90s. Make sure you go check out all the episodes if you haven't already. Be on the lookout for all episodes coming soon. We also have Dark Side of Football and Comedy coming soon to the YouTube channel as well. Also, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, April 1st and Sunday, April the 2nd for WrestleMania 39. We'll be getting together for the biggest pay-per-view of the year, the mecca of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it and we are going to be there both nights we'll have a night one stream and a night two stream for you guys to check out so make sure you join us for wrestlemania 39 and of course we have our live DD show coming soon our boochcast booking battle and a special project in the works so, you can also support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 10 per month same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States ever since we sold it to the Peacock we put that $9.99 that $9.99 bring it over here we got better content than Network and unlike All Elite Wrestling we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what 
they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid where we are making some progress in that direction. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch. Say keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. And I'm the Gator, and I'll see you later. Okay, in my defense, I was left unsupervised. Now, this doesn't happen very often, and it probably ain't gonna happen again for a long time. Let me tell y'all what's done happen. Alright? This morning, so little Sarah Bear, she wakes up, she goes, babe, I got a day off. I said, all right, well, she pretty much lets me do whatever the fuck I want to at all times because she's always working. So on her days off, I like to spend time with her. It kind of shows that, hey, I like you being around. I don't just like your tits, okay? So we go and spend a day together, and we're going on vacation here in a couple weeks, and we go get her a new bathing suit, and we done went to the gym together, and we got us a bite to eat. Now, we're on our way home. We headed homeward bound, all right? And we happen to pass a nail salon. And she looked at me, she goes, I got to get my nails done before we go on vacation. I said, well, baby, why don't we do this right here? Why don't you go ahead and go get your nails done? I got some phone calls and some paperwork that I can do out here in the truck. She goes, you really don't mind? I said, hell no, baby, here's my credit card. You go ahead and go in. What she did not realize was is that I have already created an ulterior motive two and three quarter minutes ago. You see, I had happened to get cut off in traffic by one of them fuck boys with the, with the lift kits like this with the front of it jacked up. Look like they ain't got enough money to finish it. And the ones that wear their fucking ball cap like this and the sunglasses like this. And they're riding around with one of them fucking mud cricket girlfriends. You know the ones I'm talking about. The ones that pussy hang like a wizard sleeve. You know, it's not even like throwing a hot dog down the hallway when you fuck them. It's more like throwing a number two pencil out fucking side. Yeah, he cut me off. And I ain't in my diesel today because the some bitch is still in the shop. All right. And he happened to black smoke all over my nice little vehicle that I happened to be riding in. That pissed me off. Well, I had noticed that he pulled into the neighborhood Walmart that just so happens to be right beside where Sarah Bear gets her nails done. Now, I have created a demonic plan in my brain. I need to get Sarah out of this vehicle and in that nail salon so I can go handle business, which is exactly what the fuck happened. So I saw where Fuckboy and his little cricket girlfriend parked. What I did was I put Sarah off in the little nail salon, go get her nails done, everything was fine. I creeped over to the Walmart parking lot, just like the Chris Cagle song. And I just wrote them a little note, and I put it right underneath his windshield wiper. Now, most people are going to say, oh, what do you do, cuss him out over the damn note? Absolutely not. I'm demonic. I'm petty as fuck, all right? And I ain't afraid to admit the shit. What I did was, with those kind of boys going around, they need to be humbled. I humbled him. What I did was I made a note and put underneath his damn windshield wiper that says, I'm pregnant, you need to call me. And I sat in that Walmart parking lot. I did not make a single fucking phone call. I did not do a single page of paperwork. I sat there and I waited for them two to come out of that damn uh, Walmart. When they got there, he reached up and got that note, and she did the nosy thing, come over there and got right beside him. And when I tell y'all that this little mud cricket ripped that little fuckboy a new asshole, I have never been more proud of myself and my demonic ways in my entire life. I feel so accomplished. I felt so accomplished that I went and told Sarah about it. That was a mistake. She didn't find it as funny as I did. But I feel way better now than I did beforehand because he can I bet you he don't black smoke another damn infinity. I bet you that shit don't fucking happen. Woo! You just wait till I get my diesel back and one of them little fucks tries to black smoke me again, boy. It's gonna be home. Huh. I ain't been riled up in a while. I've been in Facebook jail. This feels good. Letting off a little steam. Shit. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.